to the RPT Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we're here today for our TTRPG crowdfunding review show, episode 15, I think. I don't know. I'll lose track. I, of course, am Michael. You can find me at the RPG Academy on the Twitter. Joining me, as always, is Larry. Larry, say hello, everyone. Hey, good morning. Happy Father's Day out there, two fathers. Yes, I, I count myself among those. And then joining us today as our uh, lucky third co-host is Mr. Sean P. Kelly. Sean, say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Uh, so you are a podcaster in your own right, going through some changes. Uh, if you want to kind of update us quickly on those. Yeah, so I've been the co-host and producer of Gaming and BS for over seven years uh, and, and 400 episodes, technically 384 but uh, we are sunsetting that show on June 27th, 2022. And then I started up uh, gmmastermind.com, which is a podcast where we invite people on the show as part of the brain trust. And then we discuss the topic at hand. And the whole purpose is to help game masters become better and hone their craft. So we're very early stages. I think we got like three episodes out. So. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing. I'll have links in the show notes to uh, all the things that are currently active and still active, make it easy for people to go find things. Uh, And then Larry, you're also a podcaster yourself? Yes, on the crowdfunding podcast. And then (laughs) I have a uh, generally weekly review of my Curse of Strahd campaign on Mumfrey's uh, musings on AnchorCast. All right, there'll be links in the show notes to that as well. And then just yesterday, I was uh, putzing around on our website, therpgacademy.com, and it just sort of snuck up on me. I realized that uh, we've actually published over a 1,000 episodes of the RPG Academy in all its various forms. Uh, that includes about 150 faculty meetings, uh, about 105 show and tell, um, detention, I think we're up to like 75, and then we have all of our various actual plays, and we have our bonus content, and this show's up to like, this is 15, so yeah, we've been going a little over 10 years, and we've hit a thousand episodes, so I am dumb. And with that, let's jump into today's show. So this is again, TTRPG Crowdfunding, review episode 15. Uh, each of our hosts have brought three different currently crowdfunding campaigns we're going to talk about. I'm going to kick things off today. I actually found not one, but two campaigns on GameFound this week, which is, a, a, a I think, maybe a first for me. Uh, but the first one I want to talk about is the Umbrella Academy, the board game. Are either of you familiar with the Umbrella Academy, either the Netflix TV show or the comics it's based off of? I thought it sounded familiar. At first, when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, nope, not, I haven't heard of that. And then when you mentioned the TV show, I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. Yes, I have heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Netflix TV show. I think it's just amazing. I love superhero stuff in general. I think the Netflix TV show was really, really cool. I really got into it. My wife also likes it. She's not always into the same stuff I am, but she digs that one as well. So we watched the first season of the show. I then sought out the source material comic book that it was based off of. Hated it. Got through not even the first half of the first episode or issue. I'm like, nope, this is not for me. So I'm solely into the show. This game is based off the comic book. So just to set the expectations there that if you love the comic, this is more in line. I mean, there are very, very similar, of course, but there are differences. Uh, but this is based off of the comic book. And this is created by Matic Games. Um, I wasn't super familiar with those. I did a little bit of research. They do a lot of IP-related um, games based on, say, a lot of comics, Dark Horse comics uh, 
included Dark Horses, who publishes the Umbrella Academy comic. Uh, basically, it's 112% funded as of right now. Uh, 28000 pledged on a goal of 24. That's converted to U.S. dollars. It has nine days to go as of recording. Ends on June 29th. Manic Games uh, has teamed up with Dark Horse Comics for a one-to-five player co-op, easy-to-learn board game based on the hit Umbrella Academy comic. Um, again, I've already mentioned I love the show, not a big fan of the comic itself. I'm not really sure how GameFound works. I think this is the first time I found one on here, but it looks like there's only one backing option currently, which is the 70 UK pound, which is around $85 US, for quote-unquote the collector's edition. But it looks to me like there's two other versions of the game that might become available to pledge for if it becomes unlocked, or those may be expansions that are included. I'm not really sure. My apologies. I don't understand how GameFound works. So in the game, you choose one of your villains. There's multiple to choose from. Each villain has a unique set of abilities and victory conditions they bring to the party. You will next build the main deck. You mix the unique villain cards in with the normal cards, as well as some advantage cards. Mix them all together. You have your mission deck. Uh, You'll move your character around this board where you collect advantage cards and then thwart hazard cards that are revealed from the deck. You have skills um, from, you play skill cards from your hand to do things. The goal is to save the world. But you also want to avoid family feuds. That's one of the things about the show that if you're familiar with or the comic, that this is a group of basically they're kids that were put in and grown up in a family, but they're not all related, at least not obviously in ways that we are aware of. So they don't always get along. A lot of times they fight with each other as much as they do the villains. Uh, there are lots of videos available on the campaign website, which lets you see playthroughs as well as setups, uh, overview with the, you know, how the game works. You can even play the game. You can play a demo of it on Tabletopia. Uh, that's an uh, online TTS service. I have used that one before. I use Tabletop Simulator a lot more. Apparently, it's not on that one. Uh, shipping is extra, $8 UK, well, $8 pound UK or $15 to US. And shipping is supposed to begin next August, so August 2023. So anything on that one from either of you two? I I was looking at uh, doing this one for the show, too, so I'm glad you picked up on it. But going from the little tokens, which are nice and colorful, to the minis, boy, the minis look awesome in this set. They do look pretty awesome. I, I just yesterday, or I should say Friday, two days ago, I got my Marvel United X-Men Kickstarter in. So I have like roughly another hundred minis that I will never paint just behind me. Can't see it because of my green screen situation here. So I actually would be totally fine with just the tokens because as much as I think the minis are cool, I'm not going to paint them. So, so that will move on. Larry, what's your first one this week? This one was, I believe a shout out I did on the last show, a quick little nod to this one. A little more thorough investigation, but this one is hosted on Kickstarter, and it's called Injuries and Vile Deeds, an injury system for 5th edition, and more. And so uh, more. This, this one runs through June 30th. It's done by Lone Colossus Games. They've created two and backed 24 on Kickstarter here. This one is a redo. This was launched in two. Uh, let's see, a year ago, I believe it was, and it failed to fund, and then they re redid it, uh, redid the way they've laid it out here, changed their goal, changed a lot of the stretch goals for the first campaign are now actually 
available as add-ons and and things of that nature but uh, they made a lower goal this time they've hit it they're up to $35,000 now so they've more than tripled their goal uh so they must have learned something because like I said it failed to fund last time and now it's got over 800 backers uh and it's it's well on its way up to hitting another uh, stretch goal this one is adding a another system to fifth edition so it's it's modular in the fact that they give you spells monsters traps npcs and other character uh, subclasses and it's all based around adding in an an injury system and they have a what's called a threshold value so based on you can add this system you know as a whole a little module and it adds another level or layer of complexity yes but also the way they've described it it's fairly simple to it's just a, as a sim- singular number you're looking at as far as damage in order to okay now you've done something that you were trying to do you're trying to hamper this foe's movement so you've attacked their leg or something along those lines so it lets you throw in the narrative style of description and give you some mechanical uh, abilities or not abilities but mechanical effects that will fall onto players and creatures and also spells are are also um thrown in here it's got i believe it was over 200 different items as long as or 200 different items including spells npcs classes and and things of that nature but all of them are in a system that works together to add this level of of detail and lingering injuries uh if you want to go ahead and use that it also gives things like bleed effects a mechanical uh, way to affect your characters and your villains and also how many rounds it takes for a bleed to stop and uh, what lingering effects could be permanent or how many days of rest it would take to get rid of a small lingering in your in- injury versus a catastrophic injury that is very rare but you can also really try to push your characters to like all concentrate on a big bad evil guy and you know cause some major damage to a particular part if that's what you're wanting to do so adds more of a tactical and um, mechanical aspect to the combat side of fifth edition Um, again this was a redone from last year so at this point uh, adding in additional art and some more text uh, that they've got along with their adding additional NPCs and villains from uh, the first time that they try to run it. It's over 90% done uh, completion-wise. The art that's coming on in this one looks gorgeous. That seems to be one of the major things that they're doing differently this time. The art looks nicer. A bit of a different layout for the actual uh, crowdfunding page here. This one has got some stretch goals. They've knocked out most of the ones that they've already set up, which gives you additional monsters, NPCs, uh, item art in the book. The next one coming up is going to be additional villains that uh, the pledgers can put in and suggest. So they're going to be choosing from a pool of people that uh, you know pledge to bring this Kickstarter to life here. Uh, the PDF on this one starts at $20, and then uh, $50 will get you the PDF and the print version. They're going to use backer kit for shipping after this closes. They're uh, hoping to have this in your hands by May of 2023. Um, again, this uh, is, see this will be a handle through drive-through for your PDFs. Uh, they're also doing a shard VTT version if you want to uh, pledge in and use that as your system. 
So um, they're also adding in another class of magic called uh, lair magic, in which cases your villains or monsters can use particular spells that they've uh, included here to amplify or enchant the villain's lair or the environment around it. So these are sort of a magical version of lair actions is mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm getting. So take a look at this one and it, it's going to add in that uh, one of the things that they, they do specifically mention is like your Warhammer fantasy who, who already has an injury table and stuff in place. They can get really gruesome, really fast. These, these don't immediately go to losing an eye or losing a limb. So they, they are, are leveled sort of, you know, you have to go through a good bit of getting beat up to, to sustain a serious injury. So, I like the look of this one, and like I said, they've learned from last year that one didn't go so well, and this time around, things seem to be lined up. You've got add-ons for injury cards, add-ons for uh, if you want to add these little deck of spells that they've got those on cards as well. Uh, honestly, I, I think it's a nice thing if you're looking to add that to your game. This system seems well-rounded and complete, and uh, that's why I wanted to go ahead and give it more than just a shout-out. Very cool. I in my in my career as a game master, I have explored using things like this before. You know, uh, like super crit tables and crit fail tables, and and the only thing I would caution anybody who's maybe not as familiar is that these will almost invariably end up working against the party because it's just in almost every game the DM's going to end up rolling more attacks because they are playing all the monsters, and usually a severe critical injury isn't going to really matter against the bad guys because you're just going to kill them anyways. But your players are the ones who are actually going to end up having some sort of critical energy that in injury that they have to you know deal with, which if that's fun for you, go for it. But just a little bit of word of caution. What about you, Sean? Any uh, experience with things like this or any thoughts on this one? Uh, I haven't used critical injury decks and things of that nature. Um, Forbidden Lands has their own critical kind of method. Uh, once you're broken, you you can you take on a critical injury. It could be in dire straits, and it has uh, some lethality ratings and heal times. But I do agree with you, Michael. It's um, Fun for game masters, maybe not so much for players. <laughs> like, wait a minute, hold on a second. What do you get? What you know? If they're used to playing in a particular way, uh, you might get some pushback. But if they buy into it and it makes it an en- more enriched experience, and they want to, you know, embrace that, great. Yep, absolutely. What's your first one this week, sir? Gray Shade, Dark Fantasy, Dark Fantasy Novels and RPG. Yeah, Gray Shade. It's by uh, Alligator Alley Entertainment. Those folks down in Florida, man, they love the gator. They just, (laughs) they want the gator as their mascot for everything. So um, they are also known for doing Esper Genesis, which is a science fiction 5e game um, that did fairly well. So it's got 26 days to go as of this recording um, on Kickstarter. They're looking at a $25,000 goal, and they're at about just over 6500 of that. July 2023 delivery for the RPG. Notice I didn't say novel because one of the novels, the first novel of the Gray Shade trilogy, will drop as soon as the campaign on Kickstarter is completed. Okay. And I'm sure that's going to be a digital, a lot of EPUB talk in sure. this Kickstarter. 
So it's a the novel trilogy. You can get in at twenty dollars, um, and then that is it says the trilogy drops July twenty twenty two. So I don't know um, how far the trilogy offhand has been completed, but it's if it's true, uh, Gregory Wilson's writing writing that trilogy. So you might have the trilogy before the RPG, obviously, and then forty dollars gets you the RPG. And the novel trilogy, and that's all electronic format. And then, of course, things start getting physical at $55. They're not going to attack you. I'm saying physical books, gotcha, gotcha, Michael. Yeah. Michael was looking at me weird. But I was trying to decide they, if I want to make the Olivia Newton-John joke or not. <laughs> oh, touche. No rim shots on this show, obviously. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, so, 5th edition based obviously um, based on the gray assassin world it's a dark fantasy trilogy and then norse foundries kicked in a limited run individually numbered metal founders coin um, produced exclusively for early supporters of the gray assassin world the campaign combines the talents of a team it mentions all the team members but essentially the world um, it outlines it's Corral is a city of extremes balanced between three dominant forces, the merchants whose de- dedication to profit is only slightly overridden by their dedication to collecting it, the religious orders which preach the tenets of their face to re- restive flocks of parishioners desperate for hope in the city's darkness, and then the government, the principal goal of which is to avoid all-out war on Cor- Corral's streets. I hope I pronounced that correctly. So... It sounds a little on the on the urban side, if you like urban adventures mm. in fifth edition. Um, and if you needed some, uh, it says a world of shifting loyalties, dark faiths, and convenient alliances of great wealth and devastating poverty, where the only thing certain is the promise of change, and the most precious and rare commodity is hope. Oh, yeah, because that's what we all need today is hope. Yes, and so hurt. why not have a little hope in your RPG? That's right. So I, I do not consider myself an expert at Kickstarter by any stretch, but you know, from all the Acadicon stuff and all the ones I've backed and then the show, I, I I have seen a lot of them. And I'm this might be the first time that I'm really paying attention to one that is a mixture of a novel and an RPG. That seems like kind of a interesting way to approach that, but I also the price point seems low to me for something that is included, you know, three books and an RPG. And I, you know, again, I, I know there's a, there's a bit of a like uh, art versus science on why you price these things, but that almost seems low to me. I, I, I don't know. Just, it it kind of makes me a little cautious that they aren't confident themselves. Cause if you're going to give me three books and an RPG, I would easily think 60, 70, $80 for something like that. Yes. I agree. It's it seems a little little on the low side. I I don't know if they're just, um, I mean, it didn't mention. I didn't see anything about the shipping piece, mm-hmm. but yeah, the the fifty five dollar level is the only RPG physical piece. So even at forty digital, three novels, um, assuming the novel is, I don't know, two three hundred pages. How many words that is? I don't know. Right. Because I'm not a writer, but yeah. Hey, maybe just be a bargain. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just really good bargain and everyone should go back it. That that may be. Like if it's a price point. Larry, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, whenever you throw in novels like that, it seems like uh, 
they're talking about estimating delivery is only going to be the first one, right? Because everything else still needs to be written. So how could you can't have that ready by July? Are you crazy? But yeah, the price point is a little bit, uh, like you said, you get a hardcover and the first novel there, it doesn't seem as expensive as most of the other games we've been looking at. But yeah, again, if maybe it's, a, it's like a lost leader. They think if they get you in, you'll like everything and then you'll stick around for other things that they want to do. So more power to them. All right. So this week, my number two is also on Game Found. And this is a RPG called C Issue X. And this was created by Chris Longhurst. Uh, they're from Oxford, England, and they have created several other games. I didn't recognize any of the names, but if you look them up, you'll find several they've created. Uh, this is the first one that they have. So the project is currently about 33% funded. That's 330 pounds UK on a goal of 1,000. Uh, it ends on July 8th. And C Issue X is an RPG for one or more players about superheroes and their sprawling backstories. And this was kind of the thing that hooked me on this one that I thought was really cool and interesting. So basically, C Issue X is a solo journaling game, which anyone who's listening to me talk knows I'm working on one of those of my own. So I'm currently kind of thinking about that kind of stuff myself. And essentially, you can play this where you, you go through, you have a deck of cards, 52 standard deck of cards that you have to be willing to mark up or you can substitute like note cards or whatever, but you got to have 52 cards. And then you're going to draw a number of cards and that's going to relate to like a chart that you'll get in the PDF. And it's going to tell you things about things that have happened in your backstory. And you're going to journal about the adventures and things that have happened because of that. You're then going to shuffle those cards back together. And then the next time you play, you're going to draw cards again. So you may get a card you've already drawn before, but you've now marked on it and changed it. And so that's how you get these very complicated sort of revolving storylines where something you thought you dealt with in the past has come back. And now it's like a recurring villain situation. But I really like the concept that you can play solo two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times, then meet up with other people who have also been doing this, have your team up issue where you work together to resolve certain elements of your backstories that kind of mix together. And then you go back home and you play solo again for a while. And that really does to me kind of mimic a lot of comic books where you're, you're playing and then you have your team up issue and then you have another run that's just by yourself. And then you have team up with a different character. So if you could find a community of other players who are also playing this game, that seems really cool to me. That sounds like something I haven't seen that done before. doesn't mean that it hasn't been done before, but I'm not familiar with it. I really thought that was a cool concept, so I'm really hoping that Chris can get this funded and make this a reality. The game's already done. Uh, they say it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but it's playable. Uh, so as soon as the campaign ends, you will get your PDF version of the, you know, the rule book. You will have to provide, again, your own deck of cards or 52 other things that you can draw right on to play. There are some examples of gameplay available by links on the campaign page. There was a, a website that did like their own version. And then there's two pretty big Twitter threads that Chris did sort of explaining the game. And there's links on the campaign website for that as well. So you can read through all the different rules and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, the main pledge is basically $10 or 10 pounds UK, which is about twelve fifty US. And the game is done. So as soon as the campaign closes, you'll get your copy. Sweet. I'm not a big I'm not a big supers guy, but I think it's I like the uh, 
thought process behind making it a little bit different than a card game and RPG, kind of morphing it in the solo play uh, and the potential to collaborate with others. I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was kind of my favorite part of that. Is I, I just like the idea of me playing the two or three sessions and then maybe you and me getting together. And I just I, I don't know how it would work because I don't really quite understand how the game works yet. But that just seems like an interesting idea. So well, it'd be I'm, Civil War, Michael, of course. <laughs> so Team Cap just saying, you know, yeah, awesome. could do this all day long, Michael. <laughs> all right, Larry, what's your number two this week, sir? Well, I was just going to throw in there that says as soon as money clears, you can get the PDF to play, right? But he said he's also including a spreadsheet in, cl- in case you don't want to uh, mark up an actual card deck so you could use this spreadsheet for your uh, in place of your cards. Yeah, they, he mentions that in the Twitter thread. I okay. don't quite understand how it works, but there are screenshots. It looks like he's manipulated like an Excel spreadsheet to show what looks like cards so you can randomize them. It's way over my head. I don't know how that's even possible, but they explain it in the Twitter thread if you're interested. Yeah, throwing in a solo game where you've got, went off to play for a while and developed your character and then show up free, with your buddies for a little team-up action, that's that's probably the coolest aspect of the game, I think. I agree. All right, so my apologies. So now, on to your number two, please. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm looking at, again, Kickstarter here. This one is called Nellie's Nursery. It's a 5th edition adventure module. Uh, The ghost of a child with supernatural powers still haunts the halls of her disturbing life-size dollhouse. It's got a really pretty nifty short little intro here at the top of the Kickstarter page. Kind of spooky. This one here is brought to you by Zan's Adventures. They haven't... It's not showing that they've backed any other Kickstarters. This is their 10th one they've created. And for the most part, uh, they all seem to have a theme of something spooky or horror-related. There are several uh, that you can look at that they've done in the past. They also have some adventures available on, I believe it was DM's Guild. Uh, One of those I downloaded to look through, and they're layout especially i was super happy with the maps are clear concise labeled the they go through and explain uh, very clearly any kind of task that you have if you're doing a skill check or a monster that you're going to have an encounter with ways to handle it it seems like they're really well laid out especially for Maybe if you just have time to skim an adventure, these are not long adventures. So a session, maybe a session and a half, you know, a couple sessions at most, but they seem really designed for either pickup and play type, or maybe even a newer DM that needs a little bit more of the things pointed out to them. Like, uh, you know, if they fail a skill check here, are some things that can happen. So um, that's one of the things I wanted to push up to the front is I really like the way the layout's done. The, the adventures I looked at that they have already done, have that similar layout to them. And I just thought that was a real strong point here. Uh, This one runs through July 30th. The funding goal was $400 and they just passed 900 for, for that. There's no stretch goals involved in this. It comes in uh, for the PDF version is a lowly $4 um, and $6 will get you the PDF and the VTT. uh, What are they called? Um, Not, assets for it like the Mm -hmm. the the maps and everything separately for that and then if you want to be listed as a backer it's uh, twelve dollars you'll get the pdf and and your name in the pdf as well uh expected delivery is july of this year 2022 
There is a free adventure link in here, so you can go ahead and download a complete adventure that they've done that will show you how they go through with their layout and style of adventure, and that's that's on Drive-Thru RPG. They're fulfilling their PDFs through Drive-Thru. Um, and again, most of these adventures that they have put out previously, which I believe was 10 that they've created here, have been spooky. They've been for either 5th edition uh, or Pathfinder first edition, and they've they've got some of those that are available in, in either format if that's kind of what you're looking for. But th- this one I thought was well done as far as uh, the write up on it. It's definitely spooky, and it's got a little uh, a little ghost girl in here. So that's I don't know. It, it really picked me, uh, or really pulled at me as far as a nice adventure to get if you have a one shot you wanted to fill. Um, fairly easy to read through as a as a game master and pick out the things that you want to emphasize i really like the design of it so that that was one of the this is only uh being done as a pdf too there's no availability for print on demand or or hard cup copy this is one that's actually looked at um i i, I didn't go with it because i saw that you were but i did think it was very cool looking i agree uh, they do mention they went through play testing and they give it a 97% uh, finish rate on this. They're just finishing up the artwork and the layout on this particular uh, module. So honestly, I like I said, the layout is what really grabbed me. And I, I mean, I went on this one because I think it's going to turn out to be spooky and cool. Very cool. All right. So Sean, how about your number two, please? Number two, the Atlas of Ladder Earth. So this is a gazetteer of the futuristic future of the worlds without number fantasy RPG. That's by Kevin Crawford. So anybody that's familiar with stars without number and worlds without number will be wholly familiar with Kevin Crawford and are probably eyeing this quite intensely or have already kicked in. So this is on Kickstarter. Um, 12, 11 days to go as of this recording. It's funded uh, 121K of a 25k goal $20 gets you the PDF which is scheduled for delivery a year from now in June of 2023 and then of course $60 gets you the offset print and name in the credits um in physical copy I believe for is it for 60 I don't remember sometimes I think it's like physical and then realize that's only for nope that's offset print bookmark. yeah yeah yep 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 and then it gets up a little higher, like the $70 goal, bearer of the mark is all gone, which was like 900 backers. So one level, just poof. That's, um, must have been a, I'm not sure what the difference is between those that, two. That was the hardcover with the included sewn-in ribbon. Oh, yes. That's right. The sewn-in ribbon. But, um. I had Stars Without Number, I think the second printing or second edition. Um, if it's kind of like an old school influenced game, um, I had not, I did not get into the Worlds Without Number Kickstarter, which did really, really well. Um, but I know some people that, you know, they're pretty big books and, you know, got a lot of information in them. So. That one is out there for those that are lovers of that space. I'm actually, I know the name Stars Without Number and Worlds Without Number, but I am completely ignorant of what that, I mean, 
I know it's a game, but like I've never played it, don't really know anything about it, but I know it's very popular. Obviously, it's already like five times funded. So um, I would say this is definitely pe- people who know it have already thrown in their money at it. Yeah. Yeah. The Stars Without Number comes up quite a bit if people haven't heard about it and they're looking for a science fiction game. And some people will throw out Traveler and they'll go, ah, I don't really, I don't know about Traveler. And then Stars Without Number will probably be mixed in with that. Mm. Um, and, you know, Kevin's tried and true, which is nice and, you know, puts out a decent product. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the write-up is years unnumbered have passed away and the skies grow dim with age. The last kingdoms of a fading hour now struggle in a land only half their own, cursed with the follies of dead kings and the malice of vanished devils. Reckless adventurers from half a hundred lands venture into lost cities and steaming alien wilderness bring back treasures that were old when their ancestors were yet undreamt of and yet in the atlas you shall have the knowledge you require to requite their every red ambition well written and well delivered sir eloquent for sure all right so let's move on to my third so I, i i was in love with this one and then the more i looked into it i'll be honest i got a little bit worried so i'm gonna just Blanket, red flag warnings. There's some, there's something about this campaign that actually feels a little bit off to me. But from the videos, it looks like the product's done. And it looks like a cool product. So I'm hoping that it's just I'm being skeeved out for no reason. But this is the 8-bit fantasy tarot deck. So this was created by a company called Deck Chi or Chai. Uh, this is their first created. They've not backed anything before. One of my first red flags. So the project is currently a thousand, like eleven hundred percent funded. So about twelve thousand dollars on the goal of like a thousand dollars. Has eleven days to go as of recording. Ends on July first, and this is an eight-bit fantastic tarot based on the Rider Weight tarot deck, which I know nothing about. But it uses the design elements and colors in the original work, merged with the style of pixel painting to reproduce it in a classic and in a new way. That's one of the one things that kind of messed me up. The, 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 the Kickstarter is clearly written by people whose English is not their first language, which is totally fine. But usually you get somebody to help you edit that and make it a little more natural, and they didn't. Um, so basically, if you already know how to use the Rider Weight tarot deck, this works exactly the same, except all the images on the tarot deck have been recreated in what would look like 8-bit pixel art. You know, kind of think Final Fantasy or Legend of Zelda type of art. It's the same colors, same scheme, just very clearly 8-bit inspired. Um, the card surface uh, imitates the pixel grid and is embossed with muslin patterns, sure, which can be clearly seen and touched. Also, this will keep some air between the cards to prevent them from sticking. So it's almost like it's got a raised surface to the cards. There are two versions of the card. There's a pocket size card, and then there's a tiny size card. The pocket size is 35 US. The tiny size is 24 US. Last time I checked, there were still a few tiny sized early bird versions available, which are a couple bucks cheaper. There will be free com- free shipping to some countries. I don't know if it tells any- anywhere which ones those will be. I guess when you back it, you can figure out then. Uh, and the delivery is set for August of this year. So I'm not really into tarot, but I just think they look cool. It looks fun. The price point is great. But back at your own volition, because I'm, I don't know, there's just something about this one that sticks out to me as a little bit odd, but I was too far deep in to back out once I'd written all this information on there. 
Huh. Well, the the price point for a deck of tarot cards looks, I mean, legitimate for most. I mean, that Rider weight is the standard that they go by with the major arcana and then the the minor arcana, which make up your different suits. I mean, it's just a sort of a standard uh, uh, style for those cards. But if you're into that uh, that eight bit style, you know that will scratch your itch, right? Yeah, I mean, I just it looks fun. It's, I mean, I, I don't really do tarot, but I, I'd almost like to have one of these just to have them. The the pocket size comes in a little container that kind of looks like a Game Boy. It's obviously not IP, but it very clearly looks to be like a little handheld game system. The tiny size seemed way too small for me. Like I, my big fumbly fingers, I would just drop those immediately. I would even also prefer maybe a full-size version. I think that would have been even better to have, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, the, the price point is very reasonable. Again, in the video they have for the Kickstarter, it's very clearly they've made at least one of these. Like, they exist. You can see them. The cards exist. They have all the images in the Kickstarter campaign. So if this is a fake one, someone needs to jump on and just do this because clearly it's like 1,100% funded. People will have a desire for this product. I hope it's just, you know, just a difference of maybe the language barrier and a couple other things that never created before, never backed before. It just gives me a little bit of a red flag warning. They they look like they would be perfect coasters though for your glasses of cold soda or coffee cups. Probably one aisle thirty five bucks for what it would be okay. like fifty coasters might actually be a good as long as you don't ruin them each time. But yeah, I just think there's something cool I like to have throw out throw on the wall like hey look at this it's, it's like a little keepsake knickknack thing for me. But so I have a, I have something about tarot cards. <laughs> I I don't know like. Uh, I thought, and somebody who is more versed in those, I, my understanding is it's, it's good luck to have tarot cards bestowed upon you, given to you, mm. right? So I don't know if it's good luck to buy them. So you would have to buy these and then give them to somebody, I Ooh, think. okay. Yeah. It's an, it's an aura thing, I'm pretty sure. So you yeah. partner with someone, I back it, you back it, and then we just give each other the ones we bought. What? Well, you might be fighting with some forces that are beyond your control on that one, Michael. I don't know. But somebody correct us if I'm wrong. I don't know. I thought that was kind of the case. Like used tarot cards like are good and you give them away and it's good omen thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wholly ignorant. I did have my my future read one time at like a little community fair thing. And it was a fun thing. Like um you know, again, I, they ask you some questions. They kind of get a read. I, I don't really believe any of it, but I think the person did it, doing it, was able to read me fairly well because the things they were able to tell me were things I clearly wanted to hear. So I give them credit for that. But uh, as of yet, what I what they said was going to happen has not happened, and I'm way too old for a lot of it to start happening now. So yeah, we'll see. They didn't mention the fame and fortune that would come with some type of audio broadcast that you would be involved in? No, no. They, they did mention fame and fortune, but uh, not necessarily for that reason. So clearly they're off about something. But maybe if this book I'm writing, this uh, RPG comes out and just sets the world on fire, then it might actually come true. It's still early yet. That's in true. the world of tarot reading, I think. <laughs> uh, Sean, did you have a match? Is it magical lasso girl from uh, Happy Jacks on your your podcast recently? Yep. That would be Kimmy and also known as Golden Lasso Games. Okay, because yes. she put out a – was it called Decuma? She put out her own tarot card game last year or the year before. She did, she, and it's available she, at goldenlassogames.com. She might yeah. might be your expert there, your uh, ringer, to throw anything at her. 
I may have to run it by her because she probably knows a thing or two, I'm guessing, with oh, yeah. even, even in her research. So, yeah. All right. Very cool. All right, Larry, what is your third for this week, sir? The third is, again, this one is on Kickstarter as well as the other two I did. Um, this one's called Servants of the Lich King, Quest for Fifth Edition. This is going to be a digital book of ten adventures uh, that they have made up for fifth edition. This one is brought to you by Jason DM. This is his fifth created, and he's only got a listing of having backed one before. All of the ones he's created uh, have been very tightly... Um, the, the the adventure packs, I guess I would say. There's one like Assassin Contracts, which are a series of adventures where you're sort of doing hits on people. There are uh, They're all themed uh, very tightly. And this one is all under the Servants of the Lich King umbrella. So these are a series of 10 adventures, actually 11 since they have met one of their stretch goals here to create an 11th adventure for this. Um, and they're going to be, I believe it's only digital here is, is what he mentioned, but they're a series of standalone adventures, one-shots, roughly three hours long, maybe a convention style uh but anyway, they are set up. Most of them are for tier one. So you're level one to four here. And they said with a couple of the adventures for higher levels of five to eight. So mostly tier one, some tier two adventures here. And each adventure is going to have hooks, uh, backgrounds for the NPCs and rewards. So they're all standalone, but there's also an an arc that covers all 10 of them where they have undead that have been recently showing up more where they either, they haven't been before or in greater number than they used to be. Uh, and they're supposed to be little side tracks that you can drop into a current campaign just using uh, as a, as a one shot evening game, but they're uh, everything all leads to this recently dug up Elven Lich King. So you can run it while they are connected and have something to do with each other. That's provided in there, the framework to run them all as a, a large arc or scatter them out, you know, through a campaign you're running there. Um, as far as, let's see, this runs through July 2nd here. Uh, let's see, I've got Jason Noonan as the creator here, but Jason DM is where it's uh, listed up um, as the creator. Uh, the goal on this one was twenty four forty five. Let's see, that's converted over from pounds. I think it was from two thousand pounds. Uh, they're currently sitting at thirty five hundred dollars, so that it's fully funded at this point. Some artwork and an, there is that additional adventure have been met as stretch goals. So that's gonna you're gonna get eleven adventures instead of ten here. And I've got thirteen dollars as your initial pledge to get you in on that's your pdf here so that will get you your full copy of servants of the lich king with uh, any of your stretch goals expected delivery date on this one is august of this year um going to be fulfilled through drive through the adventures are going to have uh, maps with them so you can use those on your vtts uh, again standalone by design but also going to have an interconnected plot that will arch and uh, sort of hook them all together expecting for the book to come in at a little over 60 pages and again with maps plot hooks and mostly for, for tier tier one fifth edition adventurers and a couple of them designed for tier two adventures and it shows you the, the layout in here so you can see that the maps are uh, the one that they show you for example here is nicely colored but to me it's a little dark 
but still clearly uh, clearly labeled and lined out for a VTT. The layout, I think, is nice. It gives you a good summary and hooks at the beginning of, you know, on the first page so you get an idea of what that adventure is about. Uh, so, honestly, I thought it was always nice to have a little booklet or PDF of some uh games you can pull out maybe at a moment's notice or you know once you've skimmed through them just to fill an evening if you want uh you know instead of doing board games or or other lesser types of entertainment mm-hmm. you know netflix and chill but anyway this will be fulfilled through drive through rpg and that will be your map files and your pdf files so i know in the genre of fantasy D type of things we've had human wizards become liches Dragons have become liches. Elves have become liches. And I think last week you did a dwarven lich one. Where are yes. gnome liches at? Like, I want a gnome lich. I think they're all up in the trees still baking cookies, man. Ooh. Those are Keebler elves, aren't they, Larry? By trademark, yes. But in my <laughs> world, they're all gnomes. Maybe a oh. smurf. Like a smurf at lich. That would be kind of weird. Well, I think you'd have to first... You'd have to get training from Gargamel, wouldn't you? Mm, true. I mean, he's already got his familiar. He's a straight-up wizard. Yeah, true. True enough. Fair. Fair. All right. So, very cool. So, again, my, my stupid attempts at humor aside, um, I do like these sort of, like, multiple mini-adventures that can, you know, work together to form an overall campaign. So, it's great for, like, a one-night, hey, not everybody showed up, let's do this, versus I don't have time to plan a campaign, let me do this, then I'll fill in some stuff to make it seem a little bit more robust, and uh, there you go. So, I'm a fan of these. And what'd you say the entry price point was again on that one, Larry? Uh, the PDF is ten pounds, which is right now with about thirteen dollars um, that you can get. But I did want to point out it looks weird because they are there are several backer levels that say that they are all gone. And and he addressed this addressed that in the comments or updates section of this one. There is a typo. And in the way backer kit's set up, you can't just delete that if if anybody has pledged it. Yep. So when he's literally pledged, had you cannot edit it. Right. So he's had to close. Uh, he did it a couple of times where he's he listed the wrong uh, product, but it was one of his previous Kickstarters. So I'm just saying that's that looks a little bit weird. But looking into it, it's it's the way uh, Kickstarter has you operate or, or make yeah. your edits by closing that level. So that's not a red flag to me as much as a typo. Yeah. Right. I think it's a fomo. I think it's a fomo tactic a little bit, maybe. Oh well, yes, because you can always go back and see what I did do last time. Go buy those now. Yeah. All right. So, Sean, what about you? you? Got your third one for this week? Marlowe's Meyer and Hot Springs Island RPG Hex Crawl Adventures. Zoom tight. You're welcome. <laughs> Help us reprint the award-winning Hot Springs Island and bring you the next Swordfish Island, Marlowe's Meyer. This is by Jacob Hurst. Are you guys familiar with the black of Hot Springs Island? I am not. Oh, I'll tell you what. I got it. It's awesome. It's an awesome book. So obviously Jacob is looking to reprint that. It also has a player's guide for that. So that's a past product that has already been out. It's already done. I think you can go out and get it in PDF. But obviously the print runs probably run a little bit dry. And then, of course, Marlowe's Meyer is the new piece uh, or addition to that library. And so the Meyer is a small but dense island consisting of four two-mile hexes. The core of the island is a low-lying peat bog commonly called the Bone Meyer. 
and a roughly crescent-shaped rise of jungle-covered hills surrounds the bone mire and is home to a powerful wizard, alternately called Marlow the Magnificent and Marlow the Mad. So uh, there's a giant albino saltwater crocodile affectionately called Walter by Marlow. Makes his home Walter on the White, North Island. Maybe Wa- Walter White Crocodile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's sixteen days to go. It's well funded. It's like forty three thousand of a ten thousand dollar goal. Um, Twenty dollars will get you PDF of both uh, of Marlow and Hot Springs Island, and a print it yourself World Builders notebook, which I also have. So the World Builders Notebook is kind of I had it on my desk. It's a it's kind of a journal size, right? And there's different sections of the paper inside the journal and it has a ribbon in it. It has some decent art on the opening cover. I think Larry's grabbing it. Thank you, Larry, for displaying that to Michael. And as you page through the journal, like you'll have pages that are just all hex. Okay, where you can draw in hex. And then you'll have a page with just a flower of hex, right? Where you have a central hex and then hexes around it. And then it allows you to put in notes below it. There's also bullet points in it for like bullet journaling. It's pretty small and handy for those that love the journal component. So that's part of this if you want to kick in and, and get that. That's already been done. So you must be releasing the pages that you can just go out and print yourself and put them in a a little binder yourself. So the delivery is set for September of 2022. $25 gets you the physical uh, piece of dark of Marlowe's Mire, as well as the PDF versions. So the, the beauty of these things is if it's anything close to the dark of hot springs Island, it, I think I said the black before the dark of hot springs Island. It is, soup it's the dark of hot springs island has an emblem on it it's all black on the cover but the emblem's like embossed Mm -hmm. so if you show it in a particular light you can see it but it's system agnostic and it's very much a hex crawl based setting so people have used it for forbidden lands they've used it for dungeon crawl classics they can adapt it to a lot of different unique systems and so that's what I think is some of the strengths is that you could cross lots of different games. You just, mm. you know, so if you're looking for something where everything's statted out, probably not so much, but there's a lot of factions that are involved. And so Marlowe's Meyer is going to be probably a little bit smaller supplement than, than the Dark of Hot Springs Island because it's a little bit more intense. It's got a lot more hexes to explore. And it gives you a method on how to explore those hexes, right? So you get into the hex, what's at the front of it versus going deeper. So it's not in some instances where you're in the hex and once you're there, it's got one thing in it and that's it. Yeah. There's multiple yeah, items. So I I may probably go in, in this on a on a personal basis just to get Marlowe's um because I've seen the the, the value that uh, the Dark of Hot Springs Island provides. So it's pretty neat. Very, very cool. All right, so Sean, you're familiar with this? I mean, it sounds like. The Dark of Hot Springs Island, is that the DM's version and then the field guides are for the players? Is that the way that's set up? Correct, yes. Okay. So I you, saw, there, yeah. there is a level, and Larry might have honed in on this, there is a level where you can get two player's guides, 
and then the dark of Hot Springs Island and Marlowe's. And so somebody was like, well, why would you get two copies of the player's guide? And I'm like, well, if you're at a table of four players, you could give one to two of them and not just one. Mm. I mean, I guess I don't know if it's that big a deal, but yeah. Yes, Larry. Yeah, because that's what I, I did go in for the physical versions, and I, I did see where he mentioned the old version of the Hot Springs Island had a, like you mentioned, the cover was really special. People love that. And he said something about having to change the cover because that material shot up in expense way high. So the next printings are going to have different covers. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I missed that detail, but yeah. So here's my theory. You give the players a copy and let them keep their notes. You as the DM secretly make a different copy that's slightly different. And at some point in the adventure, you switch them. <laughs> You're devious. Wow. You're a thinker, Michael. I like that about you. <laughs> I mean, I would never actually go to all that trouble, but I, w- I would love to play in a game where someone did. Awesome. Yes. All right. Uh, so I have a quick shout out this week. Um, I've mentioned many times on various shows that Soro is one of my favorite games to play with my kids. Are you either of you familiar with that game? It's the, the Path of the Dragon game. It's the game we would always play for warm up. Yep. That's pretty much us. It's like the first game we play at the house. My kids love that game. My wife will play that one as well. It's super quick and easy. The copy I have is beat to crap because we play it so many times the board is coming apart i think we've lost some of the dragons that have a thing so i would love to have like a slightly improved uh, like collector's edition it's like you know, maybe like twice as much as the basic edition with like stronger sturdier components but that's not an option but there is a 350 dollar luxury limited edition version currently on kickstarter now the base game I'm sure you can get it on Amazon for like 20 bucks, maybe even as low as 12, 15, you know, if it's on sale, I think at Walmart's like 30, $35, right? This luxury limited edition is 350 bucks, but it is gorgeous. It's, I mean, if you've anybody plays chess, you've probably seen those like really high end chess sets. That's kind of what this is equivalent to. So it has this like big, thick deluxe box that you open. It has like a ribbon hinge system. So it won't, you know, open all the way out. The rules are printed on like a bamboo scroll. There's this really nice red um, like bag that holds all the components. The, the tiles are all like resin printed. The dragons, instead of these little ovals, are like these really intricately um, metal cast miniatures. It is absolutely gorgeous, but I cannot even, I mean, even at like $200, I would think about it, but I wouldn't do it. But $350 is wild. And there's even a $700 level if you need two of them, you know, just in case, right? Uh, So quick shout out. I do love Soro. It's one of my favorite games. I love playing this with my kids. Absolutely. I will be buying another copy soon because mine's so beat up, but I will not be back in the $350 version, but maybe you dear listener want to, it has already funded. So it's got plenty of people who are willing to do it. It doesn't need your support, but if you want something gorgeous to look at and play, it's there. You start messing with products that have certificates of authenticity signed and numbered by the designer, artist, and publisher, and it's uh, it's not fifty bucks. Yeah, no, no. it's this thing looks fantastic. Oh, if you want to buy one, give it to me, sir. I will gladly take it. But... No, you have that mistaken again, Michael. <laughs> Tarot decks, you give away, oh. not three hundred and fifty dollar elaborate board games. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. But again, I would I would love to play pay like 70, 80 bucks for like a really high com- quality component version of Soro, but 350 is just just not even in the realm of possibility for me. You could join the other 29 backers that went in for two sets though at 700. Maybe I just need to make friends with one of them and see if they can give me a copy. That's yeah. There you go. Throw a tarot deck inside the box and give it to me. So thank you both for bringing your campaigns to the table. So we're now going to do our uh, annual or our not annual, our always the going last Memorial Kickstarter section. And this is where we're going to decide amongst ourselves if we had all the imaginary money in the world, but we could back only one of these. And in doing so, we become excluded from ever even playing the others. Which one are we going to support with our imaginary money? Larry. What you got? Yes. And this does not count the sorrow because that's not one of our nine, even though that's clearly the one I would go with. Yeah, it does seem like you're there. I can still see a little drool there uh, yeah. on your chin from that one. Honestly, oh, I, I, wipe I'm, that off, Michael. That's terrible. <laughs> Jeez, control yourself. Uh, honestly, I would like to go in on uh, Maslow's or Marlowe's Meyer and get the whole package there because that's I've heard so many good things about that that, yes. I have the PDF of the, what's it called, the field guide to it, and that was really neat. But to go ahead and be able to run it, um, yeah, I'd go in on that one and get the extra copies for my players and, yes, load up on that one. Very cool. Uh, again, if it was on the board, I would take the Soro in a heartbeat because I'm never going to be able to afford 350 for it. Uh, there's quite a few others. that The, the Marlowe's Meyer, again, I'm not familiar with that, but both of you – you know, say that you love it and how cool it is. It definitely makes me think it's a quality product that I would want to have. And it's not really that expensive, but I think if I'm going to pick one, I'm actually going to go with that umbrella Academy board game because that's Mm. still going to be about a hundred bucks, you know, between the conversion and then shipping. And I don't know if I'm going to like it or not, because I love the show, but I'm not a big fan of the comic book. So I'm a little worried that I might go in, spend that money and then it not work for me. So if I'm going to spend other someone else's money, that's where I'm going to spend my hundred bucks this week. All right. And then Sean, what about you, sir? Man, I think it goes off of what I was, how I pitched these and how enthusiastic I was about Marlowe's Meyer. And I go with Marlowe's not only, cause I know what they've put out before. So it's like, I know what the quality of product it is and what's it going to, what it's going to be. But it also, the type of game that I enjoy playing and running Mm-hmm. It's just, it's packaged nicely that way because it's agnostic. So it doesn't, I mean, I could run different systems using this. I'm not tied to anything specifically like maybe the stars without number. I would, I do say Atlas of Ladder Earth would, would come in a close second, but I don't have any of the core books for that. So mm-hmm. it would kind of be a, well, I think I might have them in PDF, but yeah, Marlowe's Meyer. Which would probably duplicate, I'd have a couple extra, right? So I right. would be able to give those away for good luck, right? That, that's probably, right. Probably Larry. I would do that to Larry because he I wants to. could use copy. the luck. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So there you go. Fantastic. Well, thank you both again for joining me today. Um, so basically, we'll wrap things up here. All the links in the, will be in the show notes for all of these campaigns. So you can go and support them if you like. All the different podcasts that we're all part of, we'll put those links in there as well and make it easy for you to go find the, the work that. Sean and Larry are doing. 
But yeah, so if you do go back any of these campaigns, if there's an opportunity for you to let the creator know that we're the one that sent you through a comment or a message, that kind of thing, please let them know that you heard about it because of us, because that helps our show gain a little bit more uh, clout in the sphere. And we may have an opportunity to maybe get, do some interviews with creators or maybe get some like product early to like do demos or reviews, that kind of stuff for, that would be great. Um, but in the, you know, the end of the day, just do whatever's best for you. Uh, remember, in our show notes, there will always be links to the Suicide Prevention Hotline, the Trevor Project website, as well as the Texas, I said that the text crisis line. So if you or someone you know is having a mental challenge, a mental health issue or challenge, we want to help you get the, uh, the help that you need as quickly and as easily as possible. Uh, and then also you can find me at the RPG Academy on Twitter. Larry, where can people find you if they want to come yell at your wrong, bad opinions? Uh, Mumfrey999 on Twitter, and that's really the only place I can take criticism. Don't mail me any letters or anything. I will cry. Excellent. And then, Sean, where can people come hang out with you and talk to you about your new uh, projects? Yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Sean P. Kelly, which you will spell incorrectly, so I will lay it out there for you. It's S-E-A-N version with the middle initial P, and then last name is an E-Y, not just Y. Excellent. Again, links in the show note to make it easy for everyone. Uh, so before we go, we will just say, as we always do, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy. Or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.